Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. All rise. This is the Honorable Chief, a.k.a. the Sam Presiding. And I'm bringing you a special podcast series on In the Can to talk Bluff City Law. We're part of the Barnburner Podcast Network. Check out the-barnburner.com for articles and other good stuff. We also have the Backdoor Cut Podcast, the Grit and Gridiron Podcast, and Theater in College Hoops on our network. So check it out for basketball, football, and all your college hoop knowledge. Now, members of the jury and barn listeners, let's get into the law of the grind city. I hold a family's future in my hands. <laughs> Winning or losing means everything. We live in a world where companies are lying to us in order to make more money. That's not right. So that's where the law comes in. It's a small law firm in Memphis, Tennessee. We play father-daughter lawyers trying to fight for what's right. This show is about fighting for good and the little guy prevailing despite all the odds. How much did Amerifarm pay you to study the sustained? Do you have any relevant questions? Just one, Your Honor. How much is Amerifarm paying you? That girl grew up with a hero for a father. There is an estranged relationship. I don't like you, Dad. You cheated on Mom. I want you to come back to the firm fighting for what's right. Her tactics are incredibly different from his. We're total opposites. You're conservative. I wage war. So our differences could be our strength. You can't just Thank silence the truth. Order. I want the order. That was brilliant in there. So just some background here. I actually daylight as an attorney here in Memphis, uh, in addition to serving as editor and founder of The Barn. Uh, I won't say which law firm I work for, what I practice, or that I'm even a good lawyer at all. Probably not half as smart uh, as the folks on this show, but I can catch some of the legal intricacies. Now, you may be asking, is this show about my life? Um, I understand that's an understandable question, but let me tell you, I signed a pretty hefty non-disclosure agreement, um, so I can't exactly say. So moving on, intro of the show. So... This show, NBC, shot entirely in Memphis. Uh, it's one of the few shows to, to actually do so. And in fact, Chris Harrington wrote an article about you know the importance of that, sort of the tax applications that the city recently underwent to allow the show to shoot here, whereas historically a lot of times those, those uh, breaks weren't there, which is why a lot of um, Memphis set shows actually shot in New Orleans or Atlanta. Uh, but it's, it's great to see a show set here. And, and without a doubt, the filmmakers certainly make a point to show all the actual scenes in Memphis. You see a lot of the real-life Bluff City, uh, and they make a point to film a lot outside, you know, and, and get a lot of background of, of the city and things that, if you're a Memphian like myself watching, you, you recognize things regularly, which is great. Just a quick breakdown uh, about the show. So, coming from a famous Memphis family known for taking on injustice, brilliant lawyer Sidney Strait used to work at her father, Elijah's celebrated law firm until their tumultuous relationship got in the way. After barely speaking to him for years, Sydney is suddenly thrust back into the family fold when her philanthropic mother passes away unexpectedly. In the wake of her loss, hoping to reconnect with the daughter he loves, Elijah asks Sydney to rejoin his firm. She agrees because despite her lingering resentment and distrust, she knows that working alongside her father is the best hope of changing the world, if they can ever get along. Dun, dun, dun. Now that is a way to write a little synopsis. This is a one-hour drama series on NBC every Monday night, 9 o'clock central. Um, like I said, filmed entirely in Memphis. And the premiere 
which doesn't have a title, of course, because any first episode of a television show is called a pilot. Uh, we have Sydney, he working at a, a pretty cutthroat big law firm representing only companies, uh, rejoins the civil rights firm that her father started to take on a company, chemical company whose product may cause cancer. No sooner is Sydney back than she later discovers a secret Elijah's been keeping from her. The show, you know, it kind of throws a lot right at you out of the gate, you know? I mean, it, but I, you know, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't go right into the cast here. So let's see who we got on the bench. So first of all, we got Jimmy Smits as Elijah Strait, the, the patriarch of the, the show, the, the founder of Straits and Associates, the civil rights landmark lawyer, kind of the pivotal of the legal community in Memphis. Inside the courtroom, Elijah Strait is a hero fighting for the underdog. Outside of it, it's a little more complicated. Here are five quick facts to help you get to know my character, Elijah, from Bluff City Law. The character I play, Elijah Strait, earned his degree from Cecil C. Humphreys School of Law. He's tried over 200 jury trials throughout his career. Elijah's favorite Supreme Court justice is Thurgood Marshall, who helped outlaw school segregation and strongly opposed the death penalty. If Elijah could change one law, it would be the Citizens United Supreme Court rule. My character's defining characteristics are his unwavering passion and his status as a pillar of the legal community. We find out, though, that, that our boy Elijah's got, you know, a few skeletons in the closet throughout the show. Uh, also, Jimmy Smits, you may have recognized him. I know I did. Uh, for any Star Wars fans out there, the guy is Bale Organa. He's Leia's father in the prequels. So I literally, you know, will not stop thinking about that the whole time I see him here doing good kind of in and out southern accent. Uh, he, he was doing a little bit Foghorn Leghorn. I say it, I say it. We're going to file this motion. He was kind of doing some of that. I don't know how I feel about that. But, uh, you know, he wafted in and out of it. Uh, but but he is a, he's a presence. He's a presence. Got to start uh, on the actual famous other NBC network primetime series, L.A. Law, uh, which, of course, ran from the mid-'80s to the mid-'90s. So, ironically, has been a lawyer in two NBC network dramas. So, shout-out to you, Jimmy Smits. Then, of course, the main character of our series is Caitlin McGee of Sydney Strait. Fighting injustice is in Sydney Strait's blood, but if she wants to change the world, she'll need all the help that she can get. So here are five quick facts to help you get to know my character Sydney on Bluff City Law. Sydney received her law degree from Vanderbilt University. She has tried over 30 jury trials so far. Sydney's favorite Supreme Court justice is, of course, RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who spent her career as an attorney fighting for gender equality. If Sydney could change one law, it would be stand your ground. My character's defining characteristic is her relentless pursuit of justice. Uh, she is the, the fiery uh, daughter of Elijah, obviously brilliant, attended Vandy Law, and is back in Memphis practicing, initially at a big law firm. Um, she is sad though. She can't sleep at night. There's no risk of emotional involvement at her current big law firm. Uh, and, and of course she has a lot of drama with her father, but she seems to be kind of our, uh, our, our, uh, avatar that we're following through this whole entire story. She's the one we're supposed to root for and the one we're supposed to get behind, uh, clearly brilliant and, and played with a uh, pretty good charisma by Caitlin McGee and an actor I had not ever seen before the show. Uh, and I think this is kind of her first big, big role. And then we have some of the other folks at Straits and Associates. We have Barry Sloan uh, as Jake Rowley, the, the handsome dude who apparently is British. So I thought he had a pretty convincing accent. He has his Boston stuff all over his office in the show. So I think we're supposed to believe he's a, 
like a you know he's he's from Boston and he's come down to Memphis to practice. And uh, also, my girlfriend commented that um, she didn't realize he was in Memphis. Uh, and so that you know, if if she leaves me for him, then let this podcast uh, be evidence for that. So we also have Michael Luayo, Louis, I can't pronounce his last name, as Anthony Little, uh, a colleague, actually, of Sydney. Went to law school at Vandy with him, apparently, based on the expository dialogue of the show. Uh, he is an, another associate, I think, at Straits and Associate. He might be a partner there, but he serves on the trial team in this first episode. Uh, we have Stoney Blyden as Emerson, the uh, super wise yet quirky paralegal slash e-discovery wonder kid. Uh, then we have the Jane Atkinson, who plays Della Bedford, the older Trust and Wills and associate, uh, or probably partner of the firm, the kind of the wise old sage grandmother of the office, um, and then uh, a few other kind of bit players. The pilot episode, directed by Jessica Yu, written by Dean Yorgaris. Uh, you know, it it uh, it kind of did a good job of setting in, into into motion everything that's going to be happening. Uh, you know, we, we meet the characters, we order a little bit of a background about all of them in expository dialogue in a way that isn't too on the nose, isn't too obvious, and you know, we kind of learn who they are, what the relationships are, and we get kind of the background of this trial against this chemical company um, where you know it's a class action, they sever it to have just one plaintiff to move the trial forward, and then we see a lot of courtroom scenes. Now, I'm going to immediately get into these categories here, which I have cleverly nicknamed Bluff City insert category. So, you know, Bluff City Law, so, you know, I kind of stole their, their gimmick. So let's start with Bluff City sites. So first of all, one thing I noticed is there's a lot of Memphis stuff in here, which is great. You know, someone who lives downtown, works downtown, excellent to see all the sites. And I was fired up to see, you know, my city kind of in a, in a drama uh, on a network television show. So I noticed, though, uh, Memphis Police Station. That's MLGW, man. You're not pulling one over me. That is a that is the the MLGW corporate office downtown uh, on Main Street, Main Street and Peabody, I believe, the corner there. Uh, and they just slapped a Memphis Police Station emblem on the front there, and then and then shot it there. Probably because 201 isn't that nice of a building exterior to film in front of. Uh, but you know, I'll forgive them for that. The straight offices were were built over on front. I gotta say, the inside of there. That's like the nicest law firm I've ever seen. Like it's, it looks like Martha Stewart designed it. Uh, Southern Hospitality probably featured it on the cover of their magazine. There's really like a kitchen in there where Della just like cooking up fresh cookies. Like it's grandma's home cooking, you know, like just serving them out when people are down. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. The interior there, the courthouse, of course, is, is you know, they filmed there a lot in the hallways, the bathroom where she opens the, the show screaming. Uh, we find out in happiness, but at, at the opening of the show, we're, we're not quite sure. And then uh, the courtroom itself that we'll see a lot of, I think, is actually a set, I think. They built it somewhere else, but it is not an actual courtroom uh, in the courthouse. Then, of course, we get a lot of book Beal. We get there and run Boogie at one point, doing some drinks, listening to some blues. Elijah, apparently, my dude's a big blues guy because uh, he goes, come on, let's go, or something like that. So that was, uh, that was pretty interesting. Uh, and there's just a, a lot of good stuff there. I mean, you know, we see them, you know, walking in just different areas and the street signs on the side and the background, you can see this places where they are and you know that they're in the bluff city. Let's get to bluff city revelations. So this is the category where I'm going to tell you things that either, you know, like I realized that blew me away or didn't blow me away or just, uh, you know, kind of plot points that happens. First of all, Elijah, this guy's an absolute dog with a capital D. He's laying pipe all over the 901, cheating on Sydney's mother left and right. You know, like with, with her friends, apparently, Sydney reveals to us. So while he is a shining knight in golden armor, you know, advocating for the civil rights, fighting for the little man, plaintiff's lawyer, taking on the big evil corporations. 
he's uh, kind of philandering around on the side. So what we have here, listeners, is a, is a conflicted character. You know, we have one on the exterior who's a shining example of justice. And on the interior, he's kind of flawed like the rest of us. So classic drama television. You set up your characters, you give them all a little drama, you give them all some conflict inside, so that way we can develop it as it goes. Now, spoiler alert, another big revelation, and in fact, the way this episode ends, we figure out that the paralegal discovery whiz kid uh, in the office is actually Elijah's illegitimate son and Sydney's half-brother. So you know, the philandering actually generated a little kiddo for us, uh, and, and he in fact works with Sydney, which is uh, pretty awkward, uh, if I do say so myself. Also, you know, I, I feel like that's not a good way to hide your illegitimate kid is employ them, uh, especially when you employ other kids and they don't know about each other. So, you know, like speaking as someone who has not actually fathered an illegitimate kid, but if I had, I would not do this. Just uh, Elijah, you know, it's word of the wise, man, going forward. Bluff City Beefs. This is the part of the show where I'm going to question the credibility of maybe some legal aspects and just maybe kind of nitpick certain elements. First of all, this trial, civil trial, a lot of times this goes down to the battle of the experts. You hear Sydney mention that. Each side will hire an expert, testify one thing, and the other one will rebut that. So the plaintiffs here, Sydney and Elijah, they want to prove that this uh, pesticide chemical or whatever can cause cancer. So they want to bring in experts that can establish that, that can say, you look, I studied this shit, it causes cancer. And then the defense side is going to want to bring in someone that says, no way, no, this absolutely does not cause cancer. But when you bring in an expert, you typically pay them to do their job. So at one point, I believe Sydney is questioning an expert or at least a witness of the defense of the chemical company. And she's starting to get a line of questioning about whether that witness, uh, you know, how much money they'd been paid by, by the chemical company, chemical company to testify and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and, and the judge, qu- they quickly object uh, and say, because it's out of the scope of the trial, the judge sustains the objection. And that's just not right. You, you completely have the ability to question a client, or I'm sorry, a witness, you know, how much they're being paid by their client, their boss. Uh, it goes to a witness's credibility, of course. You know, if you're, you want to establish that a witness is being paid and how much, you know, we want the jury to know that they're kind of a hired gun. Uh, so that's just kind of part of the trial strategy. I mean, it's very common. So uh, that was one thing I thought. Now, of course, the judge can do whatever the judge really wants to do, to be honest with you. Uh, but I thought that was kind of a weird objection and a weird kind of thing for the judge to hang their hat on at that point. Uh, so not, not a lot of faith right now in this judge. Um, judge, judge Willis or something? I don't exactly remember her name. But, you know, I'm not voting for her come next Shelby County elections. I'm telling you that right now. Also, another nitpick. They didn't see a lot of the mom. Now, given that she, when she dies, she sets the story in motion. Unless they tell a lot more about her in flashbacks. I thought it was a little cheap. You know, she dies basically throw away to get things going. Uh, and so I didn't, didn't necessarily like that plot element. Uh, so those are my few Bluff City beefs for this particular episode, the pilot. Overall, it's a pretty standard legal drama, if not procedural. I'm inclined to tell you just to go watch The Firm on Netflix uh, if you want a good Memphis set legal drama. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to continue to watch it. I'm going to do each episode dutifully for you barn listeners and, and talk more about the different elements of the show. Hopefully we'll see some more Memphis sites and get to see our great city. Uh, hopefully we can do without the some of the uh, repetitive expository dialogue. Uh, let me just say um, some of the dialogues written as if show, don't tell, were an unheard of concept. So uh, hopefully the second episode calms down a little bit. You know, this is a pilot. They have to sort of set up everything. I get that. But uh, we'll be checking out the rest of the show going forward. So shout out Bluff City Law. We'll have other guests on. Uh, we hope to get some of the writers and actors on the show as well, hopefully going forward. And uh, we look forward to y'all listening. Just Leave us a comment, follow us on Twitter, 
Check us out anywhere you can get your podcast, uh, iTunes, or we're on Anchor. That is the host. So looking forward to talking soon. This is the chief stepping down from his bench and retiring to his chambers. Put on my blue suede shoes and I boarded the plane. Touched down in the land of the Delta Blues in the middle of the pouring rain. WC handy, won't you look down over me? Yeah, I got a first class ticket, but I'm as blue as a boy can be. Then I'm walking in Memphis, just walking with my feet ten feet off a beam. Walking in Memphis But do I really feel the way I feel?